Amen, amen. Thank you so much, worship team. Let's just take a moment. Can we give it up for the Grayson campus right now? Everyone watching in Grayson. Yes. You know, real quick, just let me, let me speak to them. Last week, I was able to hang out at Grayson. I was there at both services. My pastor, pastor Jacob just like dropped the mic, man, just walked off saying, man, he just preached an amazing message. And I got to hang out with our team members serving in Grayson, got to meet a lot of new people, got a new friend, Mama D. I see you. Shout out to Mama D in the house. And let me just tell you what, God is doing something great in Grayson. He is using you guys to reach that region. So don't you quit. Don't you give up. God's going to use you greatly to change that region. Man, I can't wait to see what God's going to do and God's only just doing work there God is also doing a great work here and I'm telling you I don't know if you know this or not but we have like small groups that meet throughout the week in people's homes and places like that and uh, one of our overseers here Warren Meadows he started a small group at Belgrove now let me know a little bit about Belgrove. Belgrove is a place where people go and for addiction recovery, and we have a great ministry there. And so we sent a group there to Belgrove, and uh, this past week when Warren went, he usually shows the sermon, so we, they don't get to come to church every Sunday, so he showed the sermon where Pastor Jacob preached last week, and there were about 24, 24 guys sitting there. And if you know the message, Pastor Jacob talked about, listen, your pain is your platform. God's going to take your problem, what the enemy and the devil meant for evil, God's going to use it for good, so don't waste your pain. Use it as a platform in people's lives and so they're sitting there that day and they're sitting there about 24 to 25 guys and and Warren said now listen if you're ready to give your life to Jesus I want you to pray with me and they had their heads bowed and they prayed he said if you're ready to stand up and show all your peers here that you just gave your life to Jesus now listen 25 guys small room I want you to stand up and I'm here to tell you what 11 people gave their life to Jesus last Thursday night watching last Sunday's message y'all Come on. Man, look at the person beside and say, today's going to be a good day. Tell them. Say, it's going to be a good day. Going to be a good day. Not because the brackets are all busted up. Come on now, right? How many got your brackets all busted up? Picked the wrong teams. I'm, full, I'm pulling for liberty, man, right? Liberty. They're going to go all the way. I'm just kidding, right? And they're going to show the world that Jesus is the Lord, right? Anyway. But, uh, you know, one of my favorite times of the day, I don't know if you have a favorite time of the day. For some of us, it's like that one cup of coffee. For me, it's that one like, you know, whole like seven cups of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you have that special time of day. One of my favorite parts of the day, and I know you think I'm crazy, you need to pray for me, I understand that, is that I love getting the mail. I don't know about you, I just love getting the mail. Like, I even know my wife would stop and get the mail, but on the way home, I'll jump out just to check, just to see, right? I want to see, did anybody leave anything? No, left, right? I love getting mail, except when it says IRS on it. I don't like that, right? I mean, run when you do that, right? And so I, I sit there and I love getting, I hate waiting on the mail though. You, anybody like waiting? How many patient people? I just love waiting, right? I want the gift of waiting, right? I mean, who wants that, right? And, and so and then Amazon Prime came out and ruined all of us. I mean, like next, like two days you got it. And you know what the problem is? Now I can't wait two days. I want it the next day, right? I want a drone to drop it in my chimney when I click send, right? I want it now. And I love getting the mail. And the other day we're sitting there and we got the mail for, for mo I mean, you know this too, for most of us it's junk mail, right? I mean, like 99.9% .9 of your mail is like junk mail, like junk, junk, junk. I could buy a small island with all the pre-approved credit cards that I have gotten in the mail, you know? And, and so, you know, junk, junk, junk. And I looked at my wife, I said, can you believe that someone wastes millions and millions of dollars marketing knowing good and well we're going to put this in the trash, I mean, have you ever thought about that? Knowing that we were going to put it in the trash and then it hit me. There's a sender somewhere out there, company, organization, whatever. There's a sender who has a product or a message that they believe so much in 
that they're willing to spend millions and millions of dollars knowing that every one of us, when we get it, most likely, are going to throw it in the trash. And I, I thought this for a moment. I'm going to ask you, do you ever think about God being a sender? Like, we know God is Father. We just talked about that. We're no longer orphans because we have to be a slave to fear. He is our Father, and when we get that. And there's some of you, you could testify that God's healer. Can anybody testify that God's a healer in the house? And some of you could testify that God's a deliverer. Has anybody ever been delivered from something in the house? So you could testify. But have you ever thought about God as being a sender? Like someone who sends something. And so I started thinking about that, and I kind of wa- want to walk you through this real quick because i got this point to make because we got to get to watch the games, but I pray for me. And, and when you look at through the Scripture, you see that God sent Adam into the world, right? You know, them, he created Adam and Eve. God sent them into the world. They were perfect. They were, everything was great. They were blameless. And God sent them into the world to be fruitful and multiply the world. I want you to populate the earth, I'm going to send you. But we know what happens, right? Sin entered into the world. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Sin entered into the world. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it's fascinating. You should write that verse down. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, God already had a plan. In Genesis 3, 15, we already see that God was going to send Jesus into the world and destroy death and sin all at once. And so you see that God sends Adam and Eve. And then you flip over to Genesis chapter 12, and you see this guy named Abram, who God changed his name to Abraham. And he comes to Abram because nothing special about Abram. wasn't something great about Abram. God says, you know what, I'm going to pick you. I'm going to pick you. You're going to be on my team. And I'm going to pick you, Abraham. And now you got to say, Abraham's like 75 years old. You know what I'm saying? Abraham, and he says, listen, you're going to have so many descendants that are going to be as numerous as the stars. Why is he going to say, I'm going to give you kids out the wazoo, right? I mean, it ain't going to be no Honda minivan going to hold your kids, right? I'm saying, I'm going to give you so many kids, you ain't going to be. He's 75 years old. And I know his wife, he goes, I, I know she still looks young, but she's old, God. She is old. She is way past age bearing. There's no way you're going to give me any kids. And he says this, I'm going to bless you. And every person who blesses the nation that comes from you, I'm going to bless them. Which is what? The nation of Israel. God still has a plan for Israel. God still has something great. We see this all the way back to Abraham. He goes, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to do great things. I'm going to rise you up. And I'm going to use you greatly. And I'm going to use you to usher in the Messiah. God still has a special plan for them. Because this is where it started in Abraham. And Abraham was the father of faith because God said, go. And Abraham said, where? He said, I ain't going to tell you. Are you really? I mean, think about it. God, where do you want me to go? What school? What do you want me to major in? Do you want me to marry her? Do you want me to marry him? What do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do? And God's like, I'm just going to tell you to go. Where? I'm not going to tell you till you get there. Ah. And that was Abraham. That's why he's known as the father of faith. So Abraham goes, and obviously, no, he has crazy amounts of kids and numerous stars and a whole entire generation, and God's using it to change the world. And then we get to the prophets. You know what a prophet is? A prophet is someone who hears God speak and he speaks on behalf of God. They could speak on his authority. And so God sends prophets all the way through this Jeremiah and Joel and Amos and all these prophets. But here's the problem. People didn't listen to the prophets. In fact, we find this in 2 Chronicles. Look what he says in verse 19, 24. He says, although the Lord sent prophets, see that, sent them. He sent them. He mailed them out to bring the people back to him. Though they testified against him, they would not listen to him. Listen, the prophet says, here's the mail. Here's the message. Here's what God wants. They took a look at it. It says it's trash. And they threw it in the garbage. They threw it in the garbage. Knowing good and well that they would not listen and repent, they trashed the message that God 
sent them. And over and over and over, we have the prophets Joel and Jeremiah and Amos. And then one of my favorites is Isaiah. I like Isaiah, man. Isaiah's like my boy, man. I love Isaiah the prophet. He walks up here in Isaiah chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. And let me tell you what he's doing. He, woes, he, he, he walks in there like with his chest bumped up. I'm a man of God. I'm a prophet of God. Woe is you, bro. Woe is you. And definitely is woe is you. And woe, woe, woe is you. And woe is you. And woe is you. And woe is you. He was sitting here going, condemn you, condemn you, condemn you, condemn you. God says, condemn you. And then all of a sudden something happens in chapter 6. King Uriah dies, the whole country's uproar, and God gives him a vision. And he sees Jesus setting on his throne. Now, this is fascinating. Jesus is not panicking. Oh, my gosh, King Uriah's dead. What are we going to do? What are we, Gabriel, what are we going to do? Like, what are we going to do? King, King, you know, he's not panicking. And let me tell you something today to some of you political nutheads out there. Let me, Jesus is still on his throne. He is still in control. If he wants to raise up kings and kingdoms and pagans and whoever to do great things, he will do whatever he wants. He is sitting on his throne. He's not worried about what's going on. He don't worry. He is in control of everything. Just like prophet Isaiah saw, God is sitting on his throne. He's in control. He's chilling. He's not panicking. Did you see what's going on in the news? He doesn't panic. Because he has all this planned out. And therefore, watch this. We have nothing to fear. I don't know about you, but I looked at the end of the book. Guess what happens? We win. We win. So we have nothing to worry about. So let's just walk out God's purpose and plan for life. But all of a sudden, we get to Isaiah chapter 6. And all of a sudden, he, goes, he sees Jesus lifted up. And remember what happened to chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. What was you? What was you? What was you? And next thing now, he says, woe is me. He condemns himself. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live amongst of unclean people, God. I thought they had woe and they had woe. I got woe. And then some creature flew over and picked up a piece of coal and touched his lips and cleansed him. And then he heard a voice. Now I want you to hear what voice he heard. Listen to what he says here. In Isaiah 6, 8, then I heard a voice of the Lord. And here's God talking. Whom shall I send? Who should I mail out? To get the message to the people. Who will go for us? Now, it's not like God didn't know. He knows all things, right? God asked a question for us to reveal to ourselves what we should already know. He said, who's going to go for us? And look what he says. Here I am. Send me. Like, send me. Mail me out to be the messenger. See, we preach this when it comes to commissioning missionaries, right? Missionaries would come and like, who's going to send them? Here I am, send me. You know what most of us do? God, here I am. Please send somebody else. <laughs> right? Like, let's go and reach our people at work. God, send somebody else to the cubicle because I want to jack slap her. I don't want her next to me. <laughs> right? Send someone else to the school. Send someone else to the coach. Send someone else to my family. Send someone else to my sorority sisters and my fraternity brothers. Send somebody else. Don't send me to my football players. Don't send me to my teammates. God, here I am, but please send somebody else. That's what the preacher's for. See, God's a sender, and he's in the sending business to send people out with the message that he knows that people will reject and throw it in the trash, but he keeps on sending. And then the prophet Malachi ends the Old Testament. And 400 years between Malachi and Matthew or Jesus, silence. Now, God 
wasn't silent. God was doing things. But from a written in our scripture, we don't have any other things in between besides this historical data that's out there that God was still up to do something. So God's silent for 400 years, and all of a sudden, he sends his boy Gabriel, the angel, down to Zechariah in the temple as he's worshiping. And said, listen, bro, I know your wife can't have a child, but she's about to have a child. You're going to name him John. He's going to be John the baptizer, and he's going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the fullback, clearing the way for the halfback that's coming because my son is about to enter into the world. And we see this in John chapter 1, verse 6. Look what he says. There was a man sent from God, sent, mailed out from God, whose name was John. This was John the Baptist. He came to witness to testify concerning the light so that those through him might believe. He's got the message. He's got the mail because he's about to deliver the Messiah. And then Gabriel goes to Mary and says, Mary, listen, God's found favor with you. Girl, he's about to send Jesus. And you're going to be the mother of Jesus. You're going to raise him up and he's going to save this people from his sins. And then here we see God, watch this, what the prophets have been talking about. What Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, all the way in the beginning, there's going to come the message, there's going to come the Messiah, I'm going to deliver the package, the mail's going to come, the prophets stand before the people of God, repent, turn, God's going to do something great. And they took the message and they tore it up and they threw it in the trash. And then Jesus comes on the scene. He says, listen, I've come to seek and save those who are lost. In fact, John 3, 16, the most famous passage, we know this, right? For God so loved the world he gave, he sent his only son that whoever believes will not die, not perish, but have eternal life, would have abundant life, would have a better life than they could ever imagine if they would just give their life to Jesus. What was the message? The message is that there is life after death. You have been broken from God because of your sin. I have come to pay the penalty for your sin and if you'll believe this message that I get up out of the grave three days later, if you believe that, we're about to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday here coming up before. If you believe that, you will be saved. That's the message. And he did it knowing that people would reject him. And he still did it because he loves us. And then in John chapter 17, it's the high priestly prayers where Jesus really gets real before God. And he says, God, you have sent me into the world. I am sending them. And he's talking about the apostles. And the apostles went to perform many miracles and all the stuff. And because the apostles took the message out, we got the message today that comes to us and got the word out that changed the world. And I know some of you are thinking, what in the world is that going to do with me? Like, okay, cool. God sent Abraham. That's awesome. And, and all the prophets and John the Baptist. That's cool. Jesus, okay. He's, what, what's that got to do with me. Well, in John chapter 20, I sell that to get to this point right here. In John chapter 20, I want you to know what just took place. Jesus died. He got up out of the grave. And now they couldn't find his body. And the disciples were panicking. And we find out here in John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, on the evening of the first day of the week. What day is that? Sunday night. So now it's Sunday night. The disciples were together. The doors were locked. I got issues with that. I got claustrophobic, so I'm just worried through. Pray for me. I'm working through that part right there. But anyway, the doors were locked because of the fear of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Now, I think this is fascinating. John, who writes this, wants us to know that the doors were locked. And then all of a sudden, Jesus pulls a Houdini, and he appears in front of everybody. Like, where did you come from? Like, he just pops up. And he says, I know you're panicking, but peace. See, when there's panic, Jesus gives peace. When there's peace, there's the presence of Jesus in your life. You know what we want more than anything? It's peace. 
is peace. And he says, you have nothing to be afraid of. I'm here. And then look what happens. It says this in verse 20. It says, after this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Let's go back to what Pastor Jacob talked about last week. He says, your pain and your problem and your scars will be your platform. See, some of you right here today, you have so much baggage, and you have so many scars in your life. And I'm here to tell you, quit hiding your scars and start letting God use your scars to minister to other people. He, Jesus goes up to the disciples and says, see my hand? See my scar? It hurt. Let's look at my side. It hurt. And he used his scars to minister to him. Some of you, God's delivered you from addiction. God wants to use that. Some of you, God saved your marriage. He wants to use that. God, some of you, some of you have been abused, and God's turned it around in your life. And what the enemy for evil, you can use it for a platform. Don't waste your pain and your scars. Jesus wants to use them in other people's lives. But then he says in verse 21, this is what it has to do with you. And Jesus says, peace be with you. Watch this. As the Father has sent me... I am sending you. Now, you was plural right here. And if this is the south side of Jerusalem, he said, y'all. He said, man, I'm, 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 I'm sending y'all. Y'all going. And you're going to reach the people that are out there. Now, here's what's fascinating. See, when you start studying this passage, I told this to Pastor Trevor this week when I was studying this passage. You want to look at the words. You want to break it down. You'll see what the original meaning was because you want to preach the Bible in this true, in this context. And so when you start breaking down these two words, there's a difference between the word sent and sending. You really don't pay attention to it in the English translation. But sent and sending is two different, totally different Greek words. And he says this, as the Father has sent me, that word sent means I've been delegated all authority in heaven and on earth to do what I'm about to do. I have a divine commission from God that I have all the authority from my Father to carry out what I'm about to carry out. And then he turned around and says, because I have all the authority, I'm going to send you, which means this. He doesn't give us the authority. It's not my church. I didn't die for this church. I didn't get up out of the grave for this church. I didn't save this church. I'm not the head of this church. Jesus is. He has the authority to do what he wants to do. And here's what he says, but I'm going to send you, which means this. I'm going to dispatch you out under my authority. We don't go in the name of Better Life Church. We don't go in the name of denomination. We go in the name of the Lord. It is His authority. It's His church. And we have been dispatched out under His authority to be senders, to go into the world and deliver a message. Watch this. That your family, your friends, your coach, your roommate, your classmate, your teammate, and the people you hang with, most of them were rejected but you keep delivering the mail. You've been sent by God to go wherever you are. In fact, we see this in Matthew 28. It's the Great Commission. Y'all know this if you've been around church before. Then Jesus came and said to them, what did he say? All authority, all, heaven and earth. I have been commissioned and been given and sent with all the divine authority in heaven and earth to do what I'm about to command you to do. Look what he says here in verse 19. Go. Go. Go to your workplace. Go to Walmart. Go to Cracker Barrel. Go back to your school. Go to your family. Go. Go to your classmate, your roommate. Go. You are to go. You're not saying, man, I just hope God sends somebody else to get them. You have been sent by God to go and reach the world. He says, go and make disciples of all people groups. 
baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you in the Word. And I will be with you. Why? Because you're not an orphan. You have a father, and I will be with you and be there for you all the way to the end of the age. You see, the Old Testament message was the king is coming. The New Testament message was the king has come. Our message is like the Lord of the Rings message, the king will return. And he's coming. And he's coming back. And he has sent you, and he has sent me to go. Now, I say all that to say, the greatest time of the year for people who are far from God to be enlightened by the things of God is on Easter. Still is what it is, especially here in the South in the Bible Belt still, it's Easter. And we believe that the cross, this is our message, our Easter message, the cross equals love. And we're going to do everything we can between both of our campuses, within a 20-minute drive of both of our campuses is around 80,000 people. And God has sent us to deliver a message that we know that majority will reject, but we keep going. That the cross equals love, and we're doing a full-out blown campaign. We've got yard signs, T-shirts, flowers, invites that we're going to ask. I think we've been sold out of some of them. We're going to restock it. I've already got a yard sign in my yard that says the cross equals love. And then people see the billboard we have and they see your t-shirt. Like, what is that? They're like, oh my goodness, we're doing this on Easter. You should come. And they're going to look at you. They're going to say, I can't. I'm going to be out of town. That's okay. You can come on Saturday. I can't. I got a hot date. Gotcha. We're going to do it on Friday. No excuse. Nine services between both campuses, five here and four in Grayson. Nine opportunities for us to get our roommates, our classmates, our grandma and our grandpa, our enemy, our friend, the people said, I will never come to church. This is our opportunity for you to get them to a place where they can see that the cross equals love, that God loved them so much that he sent his son for them. And let me tell you what, over the next three weeks, if you'll hang with me for the next three weeks, I know we got spring break up, it's all over from KCU and MSU and Round County and Carter County, we got spring break, so if you miss one of these messages, get on our app and get online. But over the next three weeks, I'm going to teach you how that we can reach the people around us. Like, what are some things I can practically do? How do I, if I want to reach my family, how do I do that? When they know the good, bad, and the ugly on me. How to reach my spouse who won't come to church with me, who don't know Jesus, but I'm faithful every Sunday. How do I do that? How do I reach my friend like on the ball team? And I don't know what to really say to him because like, I don't want to like, not look cool, you know what I'm saying? Like, how do I get them? How do I do this? We're going to walk you through some practical things over the next three weeks leading up to Easter on how you do it. But one way you get it is you get the message out and you start letting people know that the cross equals love. You start conversations with people to the point where you can get them to a place where they can hear the life-changing message of Jesus. I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It says, we... Who's we? We. Every single person has put their faith and trust in Jesus. We, watch this, are therefore Christ ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? Ambassador is someone who represents someone. I don't have the authority. I've been sent by his authority. And I'm here to represent Christ to you. Could you, could you imagine if everyone who calls Better Life Church their home church represent Christ in this community and in Carter County? We'd have to do 90 services. 
We are his ambassador. We represent him everywhere we go. Watch this. As God is making an appeal through us. And then Paul says this, and I say it to you. He begged us. Here's what I want. I want you to be an ambassador because I want you to beg people, watch this, to be reconciled to God. See, here's the reality. Your sin and my sin breaks our relationship with God. And all of us have sinned. And God sent his son to reconcile us back to him. That's amazing. And we are his ambassadors now. If you have been saved, you have been sent to go. And to reach people and be his ambassador to let you know that Christ begs you to come and be reconciled with him. And that's our message, and that was his message. Folks, listen, God is still in the sending business. He hasn't stopped sending you, sending me, sending us into the world. People may trash the message. People may throw it in the garbage. They may reject it. They may reject you, but the sender keeps sending. He keeps telling. We keep delivering the good news that Jesus came, he died, and he got up out of the grave. And if you put your faith and trust in him, you will be saved. The king has come, and he is coming back to get his people. That's the message that he has sent us to say. I'm going to encourage you just for a moment. If you just bow your head just for a moment. Two invitations. Here's the first one. Come on, let's get on mission. You've been sent. You've been sent by God to do something great. To reach the people around you. Some of you are like, I hate my workplace. I can't stand my workplace. There's no Christians in my workplace but me. Hello. That's because God sent you there. Nobody on my team and nobody in my school and nobody in my class. And that's why God has you there. My professors, they're this and they're that. That's why God sent you there. My family, they just, that's why you're there. It's bigger than us. God has a plan. He's sitting on his throne and I promise you, he ain't worried a bit. Because he has messengers to go and deliver the message. Will they reject it? Yeah. But you keep sending it. Because we don't know who they are that will reject it. So as long as God gives us breath, we keep proclaiming, He's coming. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So would you, listen, if this is your home church and you call Better Life Church your church, get on mission. Come on, let's go. Let's assault this region with the love of Jesus. And let's let the world know that the cross equals love. And then here's my second invitation. Some of you here today, you know about Jesus intellectually. Yeah, you've been raised in church. You've been around it. But you never put your faith and trust in Him. Like you've never surrendered and said, you know what? I want you to take control of my life. Because when I take control of it, I ruin it. I make mistakes. I blow it. I just need direction. I need your love. I need your mercy. I need to be made new. And if that's you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me. Now, please hear me. Saying a prayer will not save you. But my lips can proclaim what my heart declares. The Bible says if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It is with your heart that you believe and with your lips you proclaim. So today, if your heart, both locations, 
believes that Jesus Christ is Lord, then come on. Proclaim it with your mouth and pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today, as best as I know how, I repent of my sin. And I put my faith in you. Now, Father, send me to reach my friends, my families, my neighbors, wherever you want. Here I am. Send me. Now I'm going to believe at both of our locations that someone prayed that with me. Now here's what I want you to do. I'm not here to embarrass you. I want you to. If you just pray that with me, I want you to let me know right now. If you pray that with me, I just want you to raise your hand. Come on. If you pray that with me, get your hand up. Anybody else? Come on. You got nothing to be ashamed of. Get your hand up. Come on. Keep it up there. Keep them up. I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down. guys look up here at me. I was sitting in the front row over there. I prayed for specifically for God to touch both of you guys today and save you. And the Lord Jesus just did that. Just want you to know that you've been prayed for. That God would do something great. You keep your head up. He's got great plans for you too. And he's going to use you in a great way and change your life. Folks, I just want to let you know this. I don't know about you. The Bible says when one person gives their life to Jesus, that all heaven rejoices. I can barely, just can barely see, but I just saw 25 people give their life to Jesus. Someone needs to shout up in this place. That's amazing. And I'm going to trust and believe that God's doing something online and at Grayson as well. Now, here's what I want you to do. I know we have a lot of things that are happening right now because Pastor Jake's going to come out and just kind of dismiss us. And it's going to be overloading. So here's what's going to happen. For those of you who raised your hand, I really, really honestly, here's what I want you to do. In just in a moment, I'm going to pray. And at the next step area out there, we just have a resource we want to give you. We have a resource we just want to give you. Say, man, awesome. Congratulations. We want to help you get started on your journey. Every one of you raised your hand. I want you, and I know it's going to take a little bit of time because a lot of people just stop by the next step area and say, man, listen, I just gave my life to Jesus. Let's let them know. And they have a resource they want to give you. And so if that's you, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to pray. And if you're able to go ahead when I pray and go, that's awesome. If not, listen to me. As soon as we dismiss here, please stop by the red room out here. It's right over here. Or the next step area. And there's a red banner at Grayson. And we want to give you a free resource just to help you get started in your walk with Jesus. So come on, let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. It's new. God, that you change people's lives and you save people, that you answer prayers. You answer prayers. And God, that you are still in the sending business and everyone that raised their hands, send them, Lord, to the people around them. Let them know that the cross equals love and that lives can be changed when the gospel is preached and empower them to continue to share the good news to a lost and dying world. We can't wait to see what you are about to do. We love you, Jesus. For your name we ask and we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. 
To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you'd like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church/givenow. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.